Hello, and welcome to the HE Live podcast. I'm your host, Polly Martin, Senior Reporter for Hydrogen Economist. This episode, I am pleased to welcome Giovanna Pozzi, Head of the Hydrogen Business Unit at Italian energy infrastructure company SNAM, to discuss hydrogen and its potential role in decarbonizing European gas. So I suppose to start with, could you tell me what the priorities are for SNAM considering the current and expected energy context? As most of us in the industry knows, 2022 has been a turning point for the global energy system. The structural underinvestment in the sector and the rebound in demand, along with the fallout from the war in Ukraine, completely reshaped the priorities with a strong focus on security of supply. In this context, SNAM has been able to deal with the emergency and further consolidate its leading role in the industry, providing a short-term response to the crisis while managing its strategic assets with a long-term view. In fact, SNAM enjoys a unique position as the most integrated European TSO along the entire gas value chain. SNAM has assets which include transport, storage and LNG, locating along the key gas corridors, in particular northwest and more recently south, with the acquisition of TTPC and TMPC stakes. So we can definitely say that our strategy has firstly evolved to effectively deliver the investments needed to build a more resilient energy system, and secondly, to actively support the transition to carbon neutrality. So I suppose we can touch on the energy security point a little bit later, but I suppose just kind of on the decarbonisation side, SNAM has committed to start transporting decarbonised gases within the next few years. So could you tell me a little bit about how the company reached its decision and what role hydrogen plays within your strategy? Sure. I mean, all the commitments and investments that SNAM has planned for the coming years are fully consistent with the 2030 European targets and the decarbonization pathway to 2050. Looking at the European context, I would say that Dairy Power U has raised the biomethane target to 35 BCM and has increased the H2 target to 75 BCM of gas equivalent half of which has to be imported in large part via pipeline. Given that the Mediterranean corridor is one of the three key import routes and SNAM's national and international assets will play a critical role in this new supply system. Today, our Italian gas infrastructure transports the equivalent of 800 terawatt hour of energy, more than twice the energy transported by the electricity grid. This energy will be progressively decarbonized through green gases, firstly via the development of biomethane production and then with the growing role of the hydrogen and the use of natural gas in combination with CO2 capture, allowing also the blue hydrogen and the blue electricity. Basically, the development of hydrogen has significant implications for the gas volumes flowing through the infrastructure due to the lower hydrogen energy density. I would say that ultimately, the strengthening of the north-north capacity will not only address the short-medium-term needs, but also the long-term decarbonization requirements. So, to conclude, we envisage the coexistence of natural gas, part of which in combination with the CCS, biomethane and hydrogen to be managed through our infrastructure in the near future. So, 
I suppose kind of very quickly, um, you mentioned that biomethane, you expect to take off earlier than hydrogen. What kind of timeline do you imagine that kind of hydrogen will start to be kind of transported within SNAM's infrastructure? Well, we think that biomethane is the reality even today. And of course, the hydrogen is the near challenge. And so our investments are based on the verified information that our transport and storage assets are compatible with hydrogen. This implies that the investments that we have outlined today will be also valuable in the future. Over the past 12 months, we have made further progress on the energy readiness analysis across the entirety of our infrastructure. For example, RINA, the technical consulting company, has already certified the 750 kilometers and we have established a roadmap to reach more than 3,000 kilometers by 2026 on a completely voluntary basis. Just to give you a tangible example of what we do on field, during November 2022, we successfully carried out a test in Istrana, in the north and east part of Italy, on one of our 13 compression stations. Istrana has been the first compression station in Italy where a turbine capable of working with hydrogen has been installed and has successfully functioned with the 10% hydrogen and methane blend. Control environment tests in a lab unit stimulated the pressure and temperature of a specific storage facility with a very reassuring test. And so we are now engaged in the detailed engineering phase of a field test on a deeper layer in another plant. Basically, leveraging on this proven readiness of our assets, we have framed an H2 backbone, which maximizing the existing infrastructure repurposing to deliver the most cost-effective midstream assets able to serve national demand and import-export flows. We have estimated that it would cost approximately 4 billion euros. And since we have collected strong interest from market participants domestic, but also from Central Europe, we have applied to the project of common interest in Europe. And we believe that this could become one of the most strategic corridor for the energy transition. We have also studied the cost and the potential location of H2 storage facilities to support the ramp up of the demand of the hydrogen. And according to preliminary estimates, it, this will cost around 3 billion euros to develop seasonal and above ground capacity to serve evolving demand needs over the years. While H2 demand is initially expected to come mostly from industrial clients with low seasonality, storage could progressively mitigate the volatility of the increasing renewables production and even provide flexibility to the power system thanks to the power to H2 and thanks also to sector coupling services. So would you say that existing infrastructure is sufficient for hydrogen blending? And kind of it sounds like there's quite a lot of investment going into both retrofitting and building new assets altogether. 
Yeah, exactly. We expect to be able to mix the hydrogen with natural gas in the pipeline pretty soon where the technical standards will be in place. And we have also estimated the cost for the retrofitting of the existing pipeline plus the new part that needs to be built for having an H2, a 100% H2 pipeline ready. You've mentioned that one of SNAM's main priorities is security of supply. So the EU anticipates 20 million tonnes a year of hydrogen demand by 2030, half of which will need to be imported. So where do you expect much of this hydrogen will be imported from? Well, Italy holds a strategic geographical position within the Mediterranean Sea. And of course, we see our infrastructure as being key towards enabling the import of renewable hydrogen from Northern Africa and transporting it throughout Europe. At the beginning of this year, SNAM has acquired a 49.9% equity interest in companies operating two groups of international gas pipelines connecting to Algeria to Italy. More specifically, the scope of the transaction include the onshore gas pipelines running from the borders of Algeria and Tunisia to the Tunisian coasts, and the offshore gas pipeline connecting the Tunisia coast to Italy. This ownership will, of course, enable the potential development of initiatives within the hydrogen value chain. Also, thanks to the natural resources Northern Africa has to offer, for example, the high availability of renewable energy, which will ensure large-scale green hydrogen production and more competitive costs. The Northern Africa-Europe link is a key component to progressive decarbonization at international level and in support of the energy transition. So for sure, this corridor will be very relevant for the import of hydrogen to Europe, even if there are other different corridors, like for example, the Spain-France corridor or the Northern Corridor that try to convey the, the hydrogen production from North Sea thanks to the offshore wind in the middle of the Europe. So it's almost that the kind of southern corridor is adding to this diversification of where imports are coming from. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I suppose one of the key developments over the past month, really, when it comes to hydrogen is the publication of the final draft of the Delegated Acts. So do you anticipate that the criteria for what Europe defines as green or renewable hydrogen may be a hurdle for developing infrastructure throughout the value chain? Or is it more important to have clear policy certainty? I think that this is an interesting dilemma. It's better to have clear rules in place, even if improvable, or to wait and try to define more applicable rules but extending the uncertainty period. Well, I think that we should try to achieve both the targets, applicable rules that make Europe globally competitive and in a reasonable timing. Having said that, it's unquestionable that policy is one of the most relevant enablers for the development of a new sector. SNAM is strongly active both at national and international level in the definition of the regulatory and legislative framework to ensure the building and growth of the hydrogen market. 
Within the next months, the main regulatory aspects will be defined. In particular, in recent weeks, the delegated acts with the definition of renewable hydrogen have been adopted by the European Commission. And now we are awaiting the final ratification by the Council and the Parliament. Moreover, in the coming weeks, the gas package will define other crucial aspects as well as the integration into the Renewable Energy Directive of the Guarantee of Origin for the definition of green hydrogen. So I suppose it's also quite interesting that you mentioned that SNAM is part of quite a few cross-border initiatives. So when it comes to initiatives to build cross-border hydrogen pipelines and production networks across Europe, how do you anticipate that development will play out in practice? Well, SNAM is, is one of the European TSOs working on the development of the European hydrogen backbone, which is an international opportunity to accelerate decarbonization of the energy sector by efficiently integrating substantial volumes of additional renewable and low carbon energy into the system and by connecting regions with abundant supply potential with the centers of demand. Moreover, the European hydrogen backbone has the potential to revitalize Europe's industrial economy while ensuring energy system resilience, increased energy independence and security of supply across Europe. So I would say that such a vision can be achieved in a cost-effective manner, but it requires close collaboration between the different member states and neighboring countries and a stable and supportive and adaptive regulatory framework. As already introduced in the previous question, in order to make this integration possible, it's crucial to establish a regulatory framework within which all the different member states are able to set up national laws related to the state-specific peculiarities and international requirements for the development of an integrated and structural system. From my perspective, I think that now we are in a position to move from a conceptual and development phase to a delivery phase. Many projects across the entire value chain are ready to start their feasibility or pre-feasibility studies. And this is the proof that we are in a new energy revolution towards the carbon neutrality. At SNAM, we have set a visible, comprehensive and future-proof strategy and projections based on strong commitment to carbon neutrality and on the development and delivery of the investments to provide a resilient and efficient and a niche to ready infrastructure. So we are in the middle of this uh, new energy revolution and I would like to conclude with the final but very relevant and exciting topic, which is the topic of skills. I think that for facing this energy and hydrogen devolution, we need qualified people across the entire hydrogen value chain. And I'm very happy to see that Europe is taking a serious commitment on this topic in order to finance the hydrogen education. So let's conclude with a wish that working on skills, uh, we will be able to multiply the amazing candidates we have seen in 2023 edition of 50 Women in Hydrogen, sponsored by Hydrogen Economist.
No, definitely. I think it's one of those things where when we talk about this massive energy transition, you really need people with the skills to actually carry out this massive shift in decarbonizing our current economy. And so I think that's definitely a really prescient point. Definitely. No, I totally agree with you. And even in different areas, uh, because, you know, the hydrogen value chain is uh, quite long uh, and made by different parts. And so we need the technical people, we need business people, we need uh, people in field, uh, and so many different skills uh, for really this new revolution. Definitely. Well, Giovanna, thank you again for speaking with us on today's podcast. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest HE Live episodes. And for more news and analysis, be sure to subscribe to Hydrogen Economist and follow us on social media for more updates. Thank you, Pauline.